0: Welcome to a very special podcast. It's actually a joint podcast between the Maximus podcast and the Gospel of Fire podcast. Your hosts today are Bobby Maximus, Joe Sabula, and Elliot Marshall. Elliot and Joe, how are you guys today? Oh, we're doing great.
1: I'm doing great, man. You know, it's, an, it's uh, got a foot of snow overnight here in Colorado, so running a little behind, but such is life
0: good i like it i just don't want to hear you americans complain about the snow where i grew <laughs> up my mom sent me a text today it's minus 50 without the wind chill.
1: yeah but that doesn't mean there's snow on the ground fucking up traffic right
0: there's like 30 feet of snow where i'm from <laughs>
1: <laughs> have, okay. you ever,
0: have you ever watched the game of thrones
1: uh, it's the it's the greatest show of all time
0: yeah you know north of the wall that's where i'm from i'm oh, actually okay. the only real life wildling you guys know but anyway oh, got it got um, it <laughs> Yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile, I'm here
2: in Minnesota and all the schools are closed because we got a foot of snow. And hey, guess what? It's 39 below without the wind chill. So right there.
0: Well, let's get going on this. I'm actually not sure if this is going to be the greatest podcast ever or a complete shit show. Um, It could go either way. But uh, Elliot, let's start with you. But that's the only
1: way. That's the only way that you're you're looking at greatness.
0: That's, That's right. exactly. There's no, there's
1: no other way to look at greatness. Yeah. It either has to be the best, or oh my god, we're just not even going to fucking air it. Right. That's nothing, correct.
0: Nothing ventured, nothing gained. So right. tell us, tell us, Elliot, a little bit about uh, the Gospel of Fire podcast and and, and who you are.
1: All right, so uh, the Gospel of Fire is a podcast about um, you know doing hard shit in your life, Under, understanding that that the real gospel, the, the gospel of life, is built in fire. It's not built in any book. It's not built uh, with any uh, particular belief system other than we have to do hard things. Like the hardest thing is the best thing, and if it doesn't, like like the obstacle is the way. So if it, when we follow those principles, and we do that together. With, with with people like not on our cell phones and not not over social media, but actually with another person and have real communication, and we do hard shit, then man, you're gonna you, that's the gospel. That's the real gospel.
0: Love it, and Joe, because I'm gonna end up talking a lot on this episode. Yeah. Why don't you tell people a little bit, especially for Elliot's listeners, about Max Smith's podcast. Uh, so the Maximus podcast is, is kind of a, a
2: joint venture between me, Joe Sabula, and Bobby Maximus. Um, my background, I was a, a taekwondo fighter. So back in, uh, in college, University of Iowa, collegiate taekwondo national team. So I competed uh, nationally, you know, had some state titles, hundreds and hundreds of fights, I couldn't even tell you. Um, that started my training background. Uh, so here I am now, 20-some years later, um, I've owned a CrossFit gym, I do online personal training training. Uh, and and now this podcast
0: good i like it and and me bobby maximus uh i washed up b-level mma fighter <laughs> is how i introduce myself to most people um no, do you, my, you have a win in the ufc right i do have a win i'm also elliot just so you know i am the only white belt in ufc history to win submission of the night and i am clinging to that for dear life because it's my only real accomplishment in my life You have a
1: win, so I think you move off of B-level once you have a win.
0: Fair enough. I like that. You're a good man. Um, (laughs) Butter me up before all our shit talk. But anyway – the the format of this, and Joe, I'm glad you brought up your Taekwondo. You're the perfect moderator for this. Yes. Uh, the goal of this podcast, to, to get right into it, is uh, Elliot and I had a fight in 2007, and I'm a huge fan of sport, but a fan of what happens behind the scenes in sport. And we have recently uh, moved from Mortal Enemies to the friendship realm, Elliot, and I think it would be really neat to people, for people to listen to what a fight looks like from each fighter's perspective because we don't see that a lot. We see the matchup. We see people fight, but we never see the lead up uh, or the behind the scenes from each person's perspective. So I'd love to go over that today. Let's do it. I'm, I'm down. I'm going to act as
2: kind of a moderator, so I'm going to keep sort of rough track of, uh, of who's talking and, and – where we're at on time for that. I'm going to try to make sure that uh, I'll ask one of you a question. I'll give you time to respond to that question. And I'm going to give the other person a chance to respond to that question. And we'll try to keep this just uh, as fair and, uh, you know, as fun as possible. So with that having been said, Elliot, I'm going to start with you. So my question for you is how did this fight come about?
1: This fight came about because uh, my promoter at the time, Sven Bean, said, hey, here's your fight. And I said, okay, let's do it. And, and <laughs> that's simple, <laughs> that's that, that simple. I, I'll, I'll never turn down a fight. I never turn down a fight. Um, I, I never will. Uh, yeah, when, when there's a matchup in front of you, you fight.
2: So this, this sounds like it was just uh, just another day at the office for you.
1: Man, I had never lost. And that, this, that, that's going to be a big theme here for me personally when we talk <laughs> is that at this point in my career, I had never lost a fight. I hadn't probably lost anything in like two fucking years. Sure. So. Um so would it would it be safe to wintership. say
2: that uh, that you were feeling pretty confident about your chances?
1: Uh, I was just going to walk in there and fuck him up. Yeah.
0: All right. Fair enough. Bobby, for me that actually surprises me Elliot because this fight was sold to me under the tone of just pure disrespect that I was getting sent to your hometown Broomfield, Colorado so that I could be a stepping stone for you to get in the UFC because for people that don't know the fight game there's 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 two ways to get in the UFC. Put together a tremendous record in, in uh, lower organizations or beat a UFC guy and you get your ticket. And so it was sold to me as I was being put on a platter for you so you could have your road straight to the show. Well, that's probably true from, you know, like from a uh, promoter standpoint,
1: from a promoter standpoint. I hadn't lost yet. Right. Um, yep. I was crushing everyone. You know, like everyone got stopped. There was no decisions. Uh, I was on the UFC's radar, obviously. And Yeah. That's what you do. You fight. You fight UFC vets
0: well, yeah, when and you f- haven't been there yet, and you had been there. And from my perspective, there was a little bit of me trying to make the UFC again too. I had now uh, lost a fight, won a fight, and then lost a fight in the UFC. I got cut, and I had to fight some really good people to get to get back in. So your name came up. I got offered it, and in a way, we went.
1: Yeah, it, it, it made sense for both of us, right? I was undefeated, a big prospect. You wanted back in.
0: And I also had a bit of a background with Sven, too, because I was part of a team when I fought you, Elliot. I was fighting with Shaw Franco, uh, martial arts out of Toronto, um, which was a Silvio Behring affiliate, but – uh, before that, I was with Team Tompkins, and Sean Tompkins was really good friends with Sven Bean, yep, uh, close yep. with Dwayne Ludwig, um, close with Boss Rutten, who'd, who'd cornered me um, all my fights before that, and so there was kind of a natural connection there, and it was it was funny because I was being, I think, set up a little bit to to put you over, but at the same time, I trusted Sven, so... Um, you know, from my perspective, it was kind of like, why not uh,
1: those goddamn fucking snake promoters?
0: <laughs> I know you can never trust. <laughs> I, right like, I like that. I like,
1: you know, I like Sven, but I'm hope. I hope you took that well, Sven. But yeah, you
0: know, no, and he, he was always good to me. I mean, he was it's, always, yeah. but, but you're right. Like the funny thing is, is, uh, people have asked me in the past if I like Dana White and my answer has always been I don't know him well enough on a friendship level to like him or dislike him. Um, but I respect him for business because, you know, with that guy, he will always do what's in the best interest of UFC. Look, he doesn't play favorites. He doesn't. I mean, he's looking. No, no, up, Hold
1: on. He plays yeah. favorites. He plays favorites because it's in the best interest of the UFC. Well, that's what um, I until, mean. He's, until it's not. As far as, the, as far as the Dana White thing, look, this is, Dan, you got to just know what you're dealing with in Dana. Yep. Right? right? Like you can't get sucked into this like he's your buddy thing. No. You know, like he came over. Look, the UFC was just in Denver. I don't know. I don't know. End of the year or something. And, he, you know, he I, I hit the UFC up. They got me tickets. I'm sitting there with my kid. He came over, said hello, introduced himself to my kid, like talked to my kid for a minute. It was it was very nice. It was very cordial. And he's always been very cordial to me. But let's make it, um, no discrepancies. We're not friends.
0: No, he is. He is going to do whatever needs to be done to put that organization over. It's going to be very That's interesting.
1: It. We're going to see what happens with Connor here soon, right? Connor's lost two fights in the UFC, his last two. Yeah. Uh, he he lost to Floyd, and in his next fight, we're going to see because how do you sell Connor after if off, coming off technically four losses? George Saint Pierre. Yeah, I know, but at, but he's fighting Cowboy next. Oh, got ya. You know. So after after that, how do you sell now? That fight won't sell. George will never take that fucking fight. Yeah. George doesn't,
0: need, George doesn't need the money. You know? although, although I think George, in, in, and I'm friends with George, um, and, and someone that we used to fight back in Canada way back in the day in an organization called UCC. Um, he used to be on the amateur wrestling circuit, too. A lot of people don't realize how good that guy is at wrestling, but I think George would take Connor apart. Oh, he'd destroy Connor. I don't even think he'd be close. He'd destroy Connor. He's too
1: smart. Mm-hmm. He's too smart, and Connor going up to 170 doesn't have the power. No. Right? He's not going to put, like at 155, at 145, he's putting dudes away with one shot. He ain't putting George away with one shot.
0: No, I don't know if there's anyone that can. No, let's, let's bring this back
2: to your fight. All, All right. right. So, Bobby. Yeah, I get off track a lot, guys. <laughs> no, that was you good. That was kid, good. Kid, I get,
1: I, off, I, I get I, off track a lot. My wife, you know, sometimes <laughs> <laughs> has to hit me on top of the fucking head when,
2: you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, we'll try to keep this train from getting derailed.
0: Bobby, All right. All right. what were your this, initial impressions of Elliot honestly scared to death um my trainer and and Shaw if you're listening I love you uh when this fight got pitched and we took it I told Shaw I was fighting Elliot Marshall I kind of used to manage myself a little bit um the first words out of Shaw's mouth were don't go to the ground with this man there's nothing that I can teach you to stop you from getting choked unconscious and I'm like what the fuck Shaw (laughs) like thanks for the confidence he goes you can beat him but you got to keep this on your feet. You go to this ground with this man, you will die. So my, my first impression was basically, Elliot, that you were the greatest grappler of all time in the history of the fucking world. What kind of uh, fuck, research fuck did yeah. you do? <laughs> None. I just trusted Shaw. He was my guy. And if, if Shaw, Franco, and Silvio Behring are going to tell you that this is one of the greatest grapplers on the planet, I'd I believe them. I mean, they gave me all kinds of things. I, I think, Elliot, you were, the, I think, the only American to maybe win Pan Ams at every belt level, mm-hmm. uh, Worlds other, a bunch other, of times. I mean,
1: Other than black. I didn't win at black. Other than I was, black. Yeah, fair. I,
0: was, I wasn't uh, black yet. But they fed my head full of all kinds of stuff, and I was basically like, wow, I'm basically fighting the world's best grappler here. So that was, that was my impression of you. All right, Elliot, same question. What,
2: what did you think of, of Bobby?
1: I told you I'm going to fuck him up. I never lost. No fear at all. Right? No concern. No, I mean, well, fear. Yeah, right. Sure. Like, uh, okay, hold on. Uh, fear that I was not aware about until fight night came. But uh, yeah, fear. I mean, you know, you're always nervous, but not right. like. But you just go to camp, man. Mm-hmm. Like so- this, this, this was nothing special for me. This was, this was like, this was just another day where I was gonna go. Like until you lose, it's just another day. That, until you that you're gonna go out there, you're gonna fuck somebody up, you're gonna party afterwards. Like you don't you don't know any different. You know, you don't you, you know, no adversity you, or maybe, you know, adversity in the fight. But when you're thinking of fight night, you're nervous. But like everything that you've experienced up until this point has been phenomenal.
2: Did you do any any digging on him on, on him as a fighter? Watch any film, nope. anything like that? Nope, no.
1: Nope. I knew he, I knew he's Greco.
2: and that And that's enough. You knew what that's to do. En- <laughs>
1: That's enough. I knew, you know, he's a Greco-Roman wrestler. Uh, He was going to try to throw me and and beat me up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let me think. What else did I know? I knew, you know, it wasn't like he was a crazy striker. He wasn't like fucking Anderson Silva. I'm not Anderson Silva. Mm -hmm. Uh, He wasn't like a phenomenal grappler. I was, you know, so he had the wrestling. I had the grappling and, you know, let's call our striking somewhere. Yes.
2: All right. All right. So. This fight ended up being rescheduled. It was originally set for September. What happened, mm-hmm. Elliot? Mm, I got
1: a I got a staph infection in my knee. I didn't walk from uh, I think it was the middle of July until literally the uh, the week before the fight. I had I had uh, I was on IV antibiotics. My knee. I came home one day and like my knee like hurt, and I was like, man, I must have fucking bumped my knee or some shit, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I woke up in the middle of the night. I went to go take a pee, and my knee was like just throbbing. I fell over. I, I like passed out. You know, I'm like, Renee, I'm not okay. My, Renee's my wife, you know. And she like looked at me. I had a fever. I had the chills. I, I had to go to the hospital that night. Um, I didn't get admitted because she was a, she's a nurse practitioner, so okay. she could, you know, do everything at home for me. Like, and I knew the ER doc. I'm friends with the ER doc. Um, and yeah, so I was uh, immobile.
2: When Four. when was the decision made to postpone the fight on your end? Uh
1: 3 weeks
2: 3 weeks later so somewhere
1: in August I believe. I okay. don't quite remember. But like when I still wasn't walking when my knee was still the size of like a baseball. Mm-hmm. Um so I mean a softball like and I was like er- every twice a day we had to stick a needle in and drain fluid out at that at that point. Like there there was even if the knee got better, I don't know when was the fight scheduled? Do you remember the date? Somewhere in September, right? I don't. September I don't know. 17th, I okay, believe. Okay. So, so like you know the second week of August when I hadn't mm-hmm. trained for three weeks and I and yeah. I still be, and I couldn't walk yeah we were I
2: was out so, so as a fighter like what 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 was that experience I mean were you were you frustrated were you like just okay with it because you kind of knew it needed to happen I, I was worried about my health man I was sure. sick
1: like I was really sick I wasn't like uh, what, uh yeah I I wasn't even concerned about like anything fight wise I I was. I was really sick. I I just wanted to walk again. Mm -hmm. You know, like Mm -hmm. uh, I think I think we have we all cut weight. Have you cut weight, Joe? Oh yeah, of course. Everyone thinks like when you cut weight, you're like, oh goddamn, you want a steak, man? Fuck you. You don't want a steak. You want water. Yeah. Right. You you, right? Would you agree, Bobby?
0: Oh yeah, for sure. You're
1: you're not like oh god, I can't wait to have this fucking phenomenal meal. I just wanted to walk. (laughs) You know, like I didn't I didn't give a fuck about fighting. Right. I, I I just wanted to walk.
2: And And Bobby, when you found out that this fight was going to be postponed, what was your reaction
0: So I want to ask you a question, Elliot, then I'll give my answer because this is a narrative that that my camp kind of I think put inside my head. Was any of the staff infection fear induced <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes yes all of it all of it you know i got very scared <laughs> I got ridiculously help. scared right like i i i uh i took i took a needle and i injected it into my <laughs> knee so that i could go to the hospital and and then they could like uh put an, another needle in my arm so i could get an, antibiotics and like i don't know how i would do i don't know how i fear induced the the the, the passing out you know but okay. i guess you can have panic attacks and pass out but yes all fear induced so here's
0: here's why i say uh a lot of people the the behind the curtain look at bobby maximus is uh in a gym um i'm that guy elliot that can come to your practice and you will wonder your training and you will wonder how i'm not a ufc heavyweight champion like i always perform well in training but when it comes to competition i'm i'm not embarrassed to talk about it now but i was an absolute Head case back in the day. And a lot of that stemmed from the fact that I was bullied a lot as a kid. Uh, I lacked self-confidence. And so I used to just really get inside my head before fights. And one of the things that really, uh, I mean, has marked my career is i've beat people i have no business beating and i've lost to people i have no business losing to like i always seem to fight up or fight down depending on the day and i started working with a sports psychologist named brian kane who is recommended that motherfucker <laughs> yep i started he working worked with me for
1: my camp too against you or right after you fuck him yep uh, that's how i know that's how i that's how i got introduced to him after you enough
0: well, I I, I, <laughs> I, I I worked with him. I mean, he was he was my secret weapon to beat you. But I was introduced to him through uh, Rich Franklin, George Saint Pierre, a guy named Tom Murphy, who's so an Tom, incredible- Mur- Tom
1: Murphy came down to my to our gym when I was fighting and did that like, uh, where are you from? Like ancestor DNA shit.
0: Oh wow! Yeah, he was. He's into that. He's a good yeah. grappler and a good Very- fighter. Very um, good, yeah, I yeah. think, really, really underrated. But uh, I got him from him, and my camp had me convinced because Shaw, my trainer, and, and he's really like a father figure to me. I lost my dad when I was younger, but um, Shaw had me convinced that you saw pictures of me, and I was so big and strong and outweighed and you by so much that you wanted nothing to do with me. So you made up this injury so you could have more time to prepare for me. And that. Honestly, you getting staff was probably what led to my like self-belief that allowed me to, I think, win that fight. If we would have fought in September, I think you would have beat me. But once I had that narrative in my head that you were kind of scared and you were ducking me and disrespecting me and you were faking this injury, I was on a whole nother planet of um, self-confidence and honestly just drive.
1: That's yeah, the the mind is the mind is all of it, right? Like I can't agree with you more about like uh like the the winning and the losing thing. Like I, I, I didn't figure it out until recently. I you know, I, I've recently figured out what you know, they, they say that athletes that have it I've recently figured out what it is and how to how to get to it and I did not before. And it was well, like, ah, oh, you'd go out there. Um I don't, I don't know where we want to go with this, but like when we walked out to fight, um, you were in the cage already and I walked out and I was losing my fucking shit like I'd never lost my shit before before a fight like in my mind. And like I always like to see my wife like she would always be sitting like somewhere front row somewhere where I could see her and I'd always like to see her and like nod at her and like I walk out and I'm looking right at her seat and all I see is an empty seat. Like it's empty. No one's there. And I'm like, is she fucking kidding me? I'm the goddamn fucking main event. She knows I like this. It's not hard to know when I'm going on. Don't go to the bathroom. (laughs) Right? Like this ain't fucking hard. What the fuck? I was really upset. And then like she's like she was sitting right there. She was looking at me with her hands up, like, what the fuck do you want? And I could not see her. And then all of a sudden that we get in the cage, they announce us, and then I hear her. And I'm like, fuck. You know, like I could hear her loud and clear. I don't, I don't know. You know, like so my mind was like when you want to talk about the mind of, of competition and sport where you were and where I was were total opposite places.
0: Yeah. And, and, and for me, Elliot, like I get that better than anybody, because one thing and, and I'll say this to you, um, I am forever grateful to you um because that fight that night you brought out the best in me like like that if i could have been who i was that night that was december 1st 2007 i think i would have had an incredible career in the ufc it kind of unlocked that ability in me but it all stemmed honestly from you getting staff because you, how many fights did you have after me uh just two two just two um but I couldn't harness what I did that night. Yeah, it's interesting, right? When you got staff, it set off this whole chain in my head and the stuff that Shaw was telling me and my buddy Matt, it became, like I said, you were using me as a stepping stone, disrespecting me, making fun of me, playing with my emotions, faking injuries because you were scared. Like I was on a mission to hurt you. At that point, like I flipped from being scared and nervous and like I'm fighting this really good guy in his hometown to just like, have you seen Rocky three? Yes, of course. Like, like Clubber Lang. I was going to murderize <laughs> you. And that's and that's it. Did. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't. We, we, we were in opposite
1: places and you did.
0: <laughs> and, and I believe if it would have happened in September, you wouldn't have had staff. You would have got me because my mind would have got the better of me. But that was like a like I was on a whole nother planet at that point. And that, that, that
2: I love. I mean, that's really like what, what people at home see about the sport. You know, sometimes it's the, the trash talk in the front and the show, you know, what the producers want people to see. But what you just said, Bobby, that's, that's what I love about the sport is because it is two guys bringing the best out of each other because only the best will win.
1: Mm, so, you didn't bring the, you didn't bring the best out of me at all, Bobby.
2: Well, you can no. only get one at a time, you yeah, know, yeah. so that was <laughs> yeah. his, night. No. That was his yeah, night. That was his night. And that, but that's yeah, how that it goes, his. you know, that's yes, how it for goes. sure. Yeah. So that, so that was
1: that was probably one of the worst I've ever performed.
2: So let's let's talk about the lead up because uh, Bobby said that uh, the fight ended up being in December. So you had a few extra months. So uh, Bobby, what was your lead up to the fight? Knowing from the time that it was postponed. What changed in your
0: training? What changed in your psychology? And, and, and what did you do leading up to prepare for that fight? So the three months before, I trained pretty much like I'd always trained. Uh, I tried to train twice a day. Uh, I worked on some striking, some wrestling, some grappling. But there was nothing out of the ordinary uh, about my training. Like you said, Elliot, it's just another day at the office. Like I'm just going about my business. When I was flowing out, I don't know if you remember this, Elliot. I was flown out for a press conference for the Ring of Fire that we were supposed to fight at. Um, yeah, yeah, I remember. I, I remember our paths crossed. I don't even remember what it was. It was like a we were theater. standing in the back. They
1: were walking us out. They were going to yeah. walk us out. We all we got booed.
0: No, I, re- <laughs> I remember that. But but even before that, the weigh-ins, the night before that, Ring of Fire, it was held somewhere, and you were there, and I was there. Um, like a theater or like a restaurant or something like that. Maybe a Dave and Buster's. Sure. And uh, I remember, uh,
1: pr- maybe Dave and Buster's. Yeah, I think it was. I, don't, I don't
0: remember. I remember I re- standing in the back with you before. I remember seeing you and then and then my narrative of disrespect really took flight. I'm like, look at this skinny motherfucker. I'd be scared shitless of me, too. (laughs) And I remember you looking at me and thinking you were giving me dirty looks. And it was probably all manufactured in my head because you got to understand. I had this one guy, Matt uh, McDonald, um, in, in my head. He's a Jamaican guy who I used to train with all the time. And he's that guy your friend that always kind of endorses for you to do ratchet shit and go off on people. So he was, he was always hyping me up to fight people in the clubs and everybody that walked by me was looking at me funny and disrespecting me. He was in my ear with this stuff and you're surrounded by people like that. You become that like a person. Yeah, you
1: were, I remember in the back, you were a fucking dick. Yep. You were a total dick. And I'm like, man, we're not
0: fucking fighting yet. We
1: got like three months. What are you being a dick for?
0: <laughs> That's you know? because of my good friend Matt McDonald. You were disrespecting me fundamentally. Everything I stood for. And every time we would train, he would he would just spout shit shit in my ear. This fucking Ross clot, this bumba clots disrespecting you, spitting on your name. And I was Thank wondering man. why you were being a dick, right?
1: I'm like, man. Like, what the <laughs> fuck, man? I was in the hospital last week. Why the fuck are you being
0: such an hassle? I was ready to fight you right there. I was. I so guess so. You
1: you didn't believe that I was in the hospital. You thought I was faking it. Right? No, just you know?
0: just yeah. In, so just more disrespect. You yeah. showed up to this saying looking fine, like you don't have a scratch on you. Yeah, and no, I, I
1: had not. fucking gotten out of bed until the week before, motherfucker. And I remember. Yeah, I, I, I was remember. great. Everything was perfect. Yeah, I no remember. scratches, not sore at all. Right, like nobody had touched me. You know. I, no sex babe you know i'm (laughs) fucking sick like
0: you know nothing man so yeah i'm fucking fine and i remember i remember calling matt i'm like matt i don't think he's sick of course this motherfucker ain't sick he's playing with you he's laughing at you with all his friends so i was just these guys were amping me up and amping me up and so at that moment can i get Matt's? pardon can i get matt's number
1: Of course, you can talk to him. I would have been undefeated going in the fucking UFC if he went for this guy.
0: So he's just amping me up. Anyway, I flew home from there, uh, and the first thing I did was dump my girlfriend of a year and a half because she was holding me back, and I just had to do everything I could to just murder you. So I dumped her, threw her out of my apartment, um, stopped. Hanging out with 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 certain friends that I thought were soft, uh, I started getting fights every time I would go to a club. Price, no, no
2: You totally had to have like a like a cutout of your face on the mirror, yeah. Elliot, and he would spend 15 minutes staring into your eyes every day. that you know, <laughs> was a
1: big, was an important part of your life. Well, what would happen if we never reconnected? I don't know. I don't know. Oh what happened, shit, but, man! I, I'm a big deal in your life. Yeah.
0: So. So I started getting in fights a lot too. Um it's actually it's funny this this came up. My mother in law asked me uh how many fights I've been in, like outside the ring in my life. I'm like, I don't know, maybe hundred to two hundred, and her poor jaw dropped. She's like, why were you in so many fights? Like, what did people do? I'm like Elliot Marshall. So I was fighting everybody. Uh I started weighing and measuring my food. Um Like I was, you know, going to bed early. Like it was just, I was just on my sole existence in life was to beat you and get back in the UFC at that point. Word. So, so that's, that's how I lived, Joe. I was like, I said, fighting every day training, like just on a mission. All right,
2: Elliot, same question, but but (laughs) let's, let's go back to, uh, uh, you know, you, you recover from the staph infection. You're getting back into training. What is your lead up to this fight? Where are you? What, what is the narrative?
1: No different, nothing.
2: Just another, another day in the office again.
1: Well, what I, I didn't know anything different,
2: you know? Sure, yeah.
1: I do nothing different, so what, why would I do anything different? I'd beaten everyone's ass up to this point, and I'm going to beat so his if, ass too.
2: Yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Yeah, why? why? Yeah, yeah. You know? So, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, so after the sickness, like, uh, where were you on weight? Did, did you end up having to gain weight before the uh, fight?
1: I, man, look, I never, I was never over like 215. Okay. So like, and that was no training, no nothing. So by the time we like trained for a week, I was like 211.
2: Okay. So what what did your your last cut end up
0: being before the fight? Mm, I don't know, two pounds. Two pounds. Bobby, what about you? 27 pounds. I woke up the morning of weigh-ins at nine o'clock. I weighed myself in. I was 232 and I had to get down to 205.7. How did you manage He tried
1: it? to blame this on me. He tried <laughs> to blame this on me that,
0: like the, that it had to be in my home state of Colorado where his
1: favorite restaurant, Qdoba, is. Fuck off, man. <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>. so- <laughs> he calls me up. He's like, I want you to know something. And I'm like, what do you want me to know, man? He's like, this is, it's your fault. The sauna is your fault. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean? And then he's explaining. I'm like, look, nobody made you go to Qdoba. I could have gone to Qdoba, too, and I didn't. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, you know, here's, here's the deal, Elliot. I'm not uh, naturally necessarily the angriest guy in the world. Uh, I was so focused for that fight. I know. Fight. It sounds
1: like I brought it out of
0: you. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> was <is> so, <laughs> I was so focused for that fight that – I I couldn't keep it up. Like I was so, and it wasn't just you. I mean, I wanted to get back in the UFC. I felt disrespected. I feel like I felt I got cut unfairly. Um, you know how you're supposed to lose two in a row before you get cut. That's kind of like the unwritten rule. Uh, I won one, lost one, and then they cut me, so I was upset about that, and I just had a chip on my shoulder. And then, like I said, these guys in my ear, my whole fight team in Toronto was all Jamaicans, Trinidadians, Haitians, and they were just in my ear all the time about people disrespecting me, and so you start to become who you hang around. A lot of them were gangbangers. Um, a lot of them were really fucking hard people, like those people that have got something to prove to everyone else, and so... um, I was ready to go. Like uh, Elliot, do you know who Jimmy Butler is? No, oh,
1: not at all. Who, a, who is he? He's
0: he's he's a basketball player um, who's just oh, got a yeah, chip yeah, on yeah, his yeah, shoulder yeah, yeah. about yeah. everything, and that's and that's who I was hanging around with all the time. Guys like that, and so um, when it came before the week before the fight, I kind of. Like, I got exhausted from being like that. So the week before the fight, I
1: just... Because it wasn't you.
0: Yeah, it was hard. So I stopped training. I Mm. just started eating kadoba. I I started a video game called God of War Two. So I started playing that, and I just kind of checked out, and my weight kept rising and rising and rising. So I show up Friday morning to meet Shaw because he flew in. He goes, all right, let's get on the scale. And I was 232 and he hit the fucking roof, swearing at me, yelling, speaking in some kind of Patois from Trinidad that I didn't <laughs> understand, but I knew he was real angry. And he looks at me and he goes, you're going to make weight or you're going to die. One of the two. I'm like, Fuck, because
1: because you, didn't lo- you didn't leave Canada at 232. I'm taking it.
0: No, I did not leave Canada at 232. So I, I weighed 232 for this thing. And, what, did uh, you leave, what did you leave Canada at? Oh shit. I was like 218. (laughs) You gained 14 pounds, Fuck, just eight and eight and eight and eight and eight all day and just sat on my ass and played video games. So when I got there shot, I mean, I mean, and here's where my fear of the sauna comes from. Those motherfuckers, him and Matt put a broomstick in the in the, through the handle in the sauna and fucking left me in there for four hours i wanted to die passed out a couple of times um i mean i was as close to i think serious bodily harm from a weight cut as a person can get which you know elliot has happened to guys
1: yeah, like, yeah people yeah, can get people, people can lost. die yeah, from this shit it, it, it's, it's ugly it can get
0: real ugly and i was close i passed out a bunch of times the funniest was matt that hype guy he lost 17 pounds that day cutting with me and that motherfucker didn't even have a fight I, I have this
1: experience. This happened to me with Tyler once, Tyler Toner. We were up, I don't know where we were, somewhere, uh, and he, it just wouldn't come off him. And I'm just sitting in the sauna for four hours with him. And I can remember that after we got out, like I took care of him. I didn't take care of myself at all. Because you know? like, I'm like, okay, he's the one that's got to fight. Like, you're not, I'm not paying attention to it. And then the, the first thing that I did was drink beer. And I was <laughs> ooh, I felt so shitty. Like, I didn't have to fight. I was was retired. Right. I was done. I was like, oh, what the fuck? And I'm like sitting there in the restaurant like, what's going on right now? And I I was I was fucked up. I was really fucked up. And I can and I I could not figure out why. And I was like, oh, shit. I don't think I had anything to drink. Beer? Fuck this beer. No. God damn it. Yeah. So, (laughs) yeah, that, that I've been I've been the other guy.
0: I also have a memory of in the sauna that time, I I went ape shit when they locked me in because I didn't want to do it anymore. Like I would have quit probably if it wasn't for them. And when they took a broomstick and put it through the handle, I was trying to break the door down. I tried to fight Matt in there, but I was too weak. I couldn't do shit. Um, But I went rampage on that thing, like screaming at them. And those motherfuckers just – laughed at me so somebody then I went- should write
1: a book about <laughs> sauna stories though. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like weight cutting stories because i'm almost all of my good ones almost every good story i have or a lot of them revolve around weight cutting stories oh
0: for sure and then i went and laid on the top shelf of the sauna and they slid a credit card under the door and and, and matt god bless him mm. just squeegeed the sweat off me as i just fuck melted away and when i passed out they pulled me out Laid me down for a while, splashed some water on me. When I recovered, they put me back in there till I would pass out again. Shaw wasn't kidding. I think he would have let me die.
1: It, it sounds like, like
0: it, man. No way. Those guys are fucking crazy, but there was no way I was not making weight. Like They would have left me in the sauna. How until, many pass outs did you have? Uh, three or four.
1: I, I, I won. I'm okay with one. I had one fighter pass out once and I put him back in.
0: Yeah, they didn't give a shit. They just kept dousing me with cold water. Put him back in. Put him back in.
2: Fucking A. Yeah,
0: it sounds like they would have weighed your corpse and said, hey, he made it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's <laughs> what the, the, these guys, you got to understand Joe and Elliot. These guys are like their whole life is fighting. It's the only thing they have. You know what I mean? Um, it's, it was regular at that club. Like there was a guy, Richie. Hey, where's Richie? And Shaw would be like, you know, Richie, he's not here. He's either sick or in jail again. I'm like, fuck. All right. Cool. This is how we work. So it was like it was like you're going to win this or you're going to die. One of the two. So Bobby, give me
2: give me a time frame here. So uh, you were two thirty two in Canada. You left Canada. You said you got down to two eighteen. So no,
0: no, 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 no. I was I was about two eighteen in Canada, and I'm guessing I could have been two twenty two or two twenty three. You weren't two thirty two. But I was not 232, and I, I'm, I'm saying 218, Elliot, because generally before fights, when I would get to the fight before weighing, I'd be about 218 to 222. Like, that was my normal weight. You know what I, I mean? I, I, liked um, my, I, I liked under 20. I liked to be under yeah. 220. And then, um, and then when I, so I, I don't really know. I didn't weigh myself before I left. I just, I, and I didn't think eating would do that much damage, but Kudoba uh, has a lot of salt. Yeah. And uh, I got bloated. Did, um, you get,
1: did you get queso on that shit?
0: I did get queso on that shit. Um, that's important help. question right that, there. That didn't help. Yeah, I was <laughs> drinking some beer. Um, a lot of Jagermeister and Red Bull in those days. And uh, yeah, I rolled in 2.32, 9 a.m. And you, morning. John Jones, that shit,
1: huh? Like you were just like hedging your bet just in case. Like, catch't on it. Just
0: that's what he said he did,
1: right? He said he used to get fucking hammered <laughs> right before the fight, like the week before the fight, so that if he lost, he would have this excuse.
0: Yeah, it's good. Like, it's a good excuse. psychology. And yeah. I had just flat out given up. I, I was like, I've had enough. I, I can't be on this mental train anymore. So I'm just going to fucking chill. Nice. Worked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Joe, back to your question. That was 9 a.m. in the morning. I was 232. All right. And then you made
2: weight, obviously, because the fight Seven, went on. 7 p.m. I did. By 7 p.m. Yep. And then
0: uh, before the fight, did you actually weigh yourself? Like how much weight did you gain back? I had gotten back up to 228 before the fight. So I was, I was a big fucking man that night. Veins popping out everywhere because when you refuel, um, I felt my muscles full. But the scary thing was I drank three gallons of water and three liters of Pedialyte, and I still couldn't piss. That's how dehydrated I was. How did you feel walking into the ring just physically? You know, I actually felt great. There was no – I didn't feel bad at all. But here's one of the things that mis- – I mean, you can be – an Elliot, you know this – it's one thing to go into a workout if you feel bad because you'll let yourself feel bad. When you're going into a big event or a fight like that, it, the psychology, it mm-hmm. overwhelms everything else. Like you don't, you don't feel pain. You don't, you don't feel bad for yourself. I mean at least for me, like I felt great.
1: People don't – yeah, like the excuses of I was – you know, like look, I get I was off tonight. You could see that you were slow or yep. – you, you can look back on that and see that, you know. Yep. But in the fight, you feel ama- – you're, you're fine. Yeah, you know, I was ready to go. You're fine because, like, there's no other choice other than to be fine because this person's going to try to kill you. Yep. Like, I can remember, you know, where you have fights where, like, you know, you're getting kicked in the leg, kicked in the leg. Your leg's fine. You're, you, know, you know, you're blocking with your shin. Nothing. You're great. You're fighting. Last bell rings. Two minutes later, walking out of the cage, you're like, oh, god damn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, you're like, oh, god. And, and like, you hadn't been kicked be- in between then. Like, the fight stopped. But the the last kick you took in the fight didn't hurt, but now it hurts. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: Yeah. Or you wake up the next day, you got you got new bruises you didn't know about, right?
1: Yeah. You know. And in the fight, you either wake up looking at the lights, you know, Mm -hmm. or nothing really hurts. You're you know you can tell that you're incapacitated, like you're trying to fight and you can't. You can tell that kind of stuff, but you can't. You you're you're not like you're not like oh man, this hurts. I should stop. Nope. Because if, if you didn't have that, yes, it would hurt and you would stop.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Absolutely.
2: Yeah. So uh, Elliot, Rob may have uh, have told me a little something here. Um, uh-huh. He said you looked a little uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Inflated in the fight posters. Is it true <laughs> uh, that you had muscles uh, photoshopped on your fight posters? I just
1: found out about this. I just found out <laughs> about this. Yeah, man. I was telling my friend uh, Tyler Toner, the one with the weight cutting story, a second ago. Um, yeah, I was like, man, I'm, I'm friends with Rob McDonald again. We're like working together. He's yada yada. He's like, man, that fucking fight poster, bro. Like. And when I saw your picture and his picture, like, I couldn't do that to my homie. I couldn't, I couldn't leave my homie, like, looking that tiny. Like, I, I photoshopped some muscles on you. And I was like, hell yeah, man. Good looking. Thanks.
2: That's amazing. I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right, Bobby. Next question is for you. The fight.
0: From your perspective, what went down? Well, for me... Uh, when I got there I was actually pretty calm it's probably the most calm I've ever been before a fight Um, and I think that was due to like I said, I was on another planet of, of of anger and disrespect for months. And then that last week, I just kind of mellowed out. So when I went in there, I really felt like it was nothing special. It was another day at the office. Uh, I tried to do some things that, uh, that Brian Kane suggested that I didn't normally do. I didn't sit in the back dressing room and worry about the fight and start thinking about what was going to happen. I sat at ringside and watched other people fight that night. And it was a really good card, Elliot. I don't know if you remember Shane Carwin was on it. Uh, Mike Nichols was on it. Uh, Michelle Watterson was on it. Like it was a really good card of a lot of people that went on to have great careers in the UFC. So I just enjoyed myself to the point where I drank a beer right before that fight while I was sitting at the table watching some of the other fights. And, um, one of the promoters ran to the ring to get me and they were like, you need to go wrap your hands now you're fighting next. So I kind of put my beer down, sprinted to the back. We did a quick hand wrap and then went out to fight. And that was um, that was good for me because I didn't have time to think about all the things that could go wrong because that was one of my problems before is uh, thinking too much about what other people were going to say, what other people were going to think, get inside my head, and then and then so I went in and fought you. Um, that that and, is so
1: interesting because this is exactly what I do now.
0: Yeah, it, it works. Like I just I just mm-hmm. I'm having a beer chilling with my friends watching a fight no big deal and then because elliot one of the things for me was and i've been in a lot of fights outside the ring uh, if, if you were to just have me meet somebody in the street randomly and say fight i i if that was the sport i'd never lose
1: never yeah, because
0: sure. i don't i don't have time but
1: to i think that, that that's a common thing for all of us right yeah that that that's you i don't think you're alone in that in that no. aspect um we all feel like that because there's no time to worry about, you know, at nine o'clock or at ten o'clock on December the whatever, you know, yada yada. Like nope. that, that that's gone. That yeah. it just happens, and you have to defend yourself. There's no time for fight or flight. There's there's just fight.
0: You, you know? just go. You just and go. and the example I always give people of that is a guy named Chuck Liddell. And uh, I don't know if you ever spent any time with Chuck, but before he fought Babalu in UFC 62, like Chuck at his peak. That man had an energy about him before fights. He was fucking scary to be around.
1: Yeah, man. And he was getting laid by a bunch of fucking hookers lined up out of his <laughs> hotel room. Yeah, like yeah, like he just did whatever he wanted.
0: And but, he, you know, murdered people. I mean, fucking murdered people. And he was scary. And then something happened to him where that whole vibe changed. Uh, his chin. like went, when he, yeah. We, but when he started getting beat, he wasn't that same Chuck that would fight. Yeah, but his chin anywhere. went.
1: His chin went right. So like if you know that you like no one's going to knock you out because you can take take the shots. It's um, no offense. I hope this doesn't go poorly, (laughs) but you see very few uh, females knock each other out. Only like Cyborg and Amanda Nunes. Yep. You know, for the most part. Well, it's a little nice to know that when you go in there to fight, you're not going to sleep. Yeah. when you you know when when you're at heavyweights you know everything like 170 185 and over with those gloves man if you get touched right you're out it's over like man. this is a very scary thing like this is a different dynamic of, of what's going to happen in a fight like you're constantly you, you you can't get hit by Shane Carwin no you but, know
0: but that's but that's my point that's all part of it like he won the mental game before he ever walked in the cage yes that guy that guy had won the fight the 3 months before that was it. Like there was no part of him. There was no vibe that he was going to lose. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. And it, it was scary to be around it's, because it's, it was that. That's how I feel around normal people. I don't know about you, Elliot, but like when I'm out, my wife asked me this. She's like, are you ever scared of normal people? I'm like, hell no. I'm like, I I'll dis- fight I, anyone, I disagree with you. anyone, anywhere, <laughs> anytime.
1: I disagree with you. Really? Mm-hmm. I think Tell me by why. The, uh, I'm not afraid, but I'm, I'm, very, I'm very aware that um, – There's dudes walking around that look like Dwayne Ludwig that will fucking murder other people. Yeah,
0: except here's what I told her next. I go, anyone that I am worried about, I probably know them or know of them. Sure. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I get
1: it. it. I get it. I I just – I'm not afraid. I I wouldn't say I'm ever afraid, but I'm doing everything to never get into a fight again. Like I don't ever – I don't like – you could call my wife a bitch probably and I won't fight you.
0: Oh, see, I'm totally different. I will drop. I will throw hands at any opportunity. Why? Because of you. You fundamentally changed my <laughs> psychology. Turned me into a fucking monster. That's why. All right. Yeah. I wholeheartedly
1: disagree because that's not we're not that, that's not making the world better, man.
0: Shit. You
2: no, know, but Bobby and I we talked about this uh, just recently. That you know when when push comes to shove, you kind of fall back on what you're the most comfortable with, and you're just comfortable in a fight. Yeah. You know those are that plays to your strengths. But part of that, part yeah, of that. But, Elliot, but hold on, but, is,
1: but hold on. I'm super comfortable in a fight too. But it's just not what I'm trying to do with my life. I'm not trying you know, to get to fights.
0: You know, you know what the bigger picture here is, Elliot. And I think a lot of your listeners will will understand this because um, it's relevant to real life. One of the things I always say is, you become who you hang around. Uh huh. And I started. I mean, fighting. I was hanging around a rough crew. Uh-huh. Yeah, we all were. That's, that's only, that was just, the only way to do that's it. That's just the way it was. I yeah, mean, but but, um, but hold on. Let's
1: let, yeah. But we're 40 years old now. Right, right. You know what, Elliot? I, I haven't grown up.
0: I'm I still know. like –
1: Mar- s- I know. You still think Mark Kerr is the greatest grappler of all time, and it's just so old. He is. But,
0: but um. I am still like at heart that 27-year-old kid. And Joe, you know me well enough. I've got a constant chip on my shoulder.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Like constant. I'm always trying to prove people wrong. Right. You know, I, it, Elliot, if I had the answer to that, I'd <laughs> probably <laughs> – <you know, laughs> I, I have no idea. I mean, maybe it stems from being bullied as a kid. Um, part of it is my dad dying when I was younger because I really felt like the world fucked me over. Um, he was my best friend. It kind of really changed my whole world perspective how, how on old stuff. Were you? I was twenty. Okay. Um and, and growing up, like kind of being bullied, I didn't have friends. Like my dad Yeah, and- we're in the same boat. I had no friends either. I mean, yeah, my, my dad was my friend, you know, and his friends. And when my dad died, I really felt like I lost a whole social circle. Um, and it was really weird. Like I kind of felt I lost my family because my my a lot of my dad's friends couldn't look me in the eye without tearing up. And and it would really, really hurt me to be around them. Um, because it would remind me of my dad dying. And, mm-hmm. and so I just kind of like had a chip on my shoulder. Mm-hmm. And then I fell in with Team Tompkins. Um, and, and Sean was into some shady stuff. Uh, Boss, Rutin, uh Mark Hominick, Sammy Stout, all those guys. And they were hard dudes. Yeah. Um, so day, let, me, let me ask you though, but like, yeah. so
1: like martial arts, what are we doing here? You know, in my opinion, like this is like, so this is like what my podcast is about. Like we do, like th- this shit doesn't matter like that like the, like the like the like the wins and the losses on your record and the right. and the arm bars and the chokes that we did today when we went and trained and and you know your I mean what's your deadlift what did you say it was 635 635 it doesn't fucking matter right it doesn't matter at all what what matters is the lessons that it teaches us and it what the lesson that it teaches you is to get back in there and fucking work at it so why, why? Why do you? Why? Why the chip on the shoulder still, and not just fucking look at the let, chip, Elliot? Let me,
2: let me ask you a question. Just, just me? out of curiosity. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like you said, we're all sitting here. We're forty years old, right? Yeah. Um, uh-huh. uh, my my core values are sort of based off of my taekwondo experience: courtesy, integrity, perseverance, self control, indomitable spirit. Um, do you think that your current perspective is, is more of a, a new thing? Like when you were oh, 100%, 25 years old, no, 100%, are you hundred percent? So you're in the same yeah. mental space as Bobby then, but you're saying you've, you've changed since.
1: Well, I've had, I had a, what I like to call a mental breakdown slash spiritual awakening. Sure. Right. Where, I, where this didn't work for me, this, right, this mental right. space did not work for me at all. Like, yeah, I, I used to walk. I used to love to walk around and scream how tough I was. Even at, I mean, what are we? I'm 38, almost 39 now. Even at 35, I did that. Hmm. You know, and, and it was it was it uh, kind of how you describe your your week, Bobby, of in Colorado, like you left Canada. You're like, oh, my God, thank God those motherfuckers are gone. I'm going to eat Qdoba and drink fucking beer because I can't. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you know, yeah. like that, like that's how that's how I uh, that's how it went for me. I couldn't do that anymore. Like this was just that was too fucking like that was not who I like. uh uh-uh. uh. And I, I led to it led to a breakdown of me you know, crying on the phone to my friends at fucking all night long because I, I don't know fucking why. You know, I thought I was never going to sleep again or whatever it was. Mm. And so I, I had to, like, take a good hard look at, at how I was living my life. And, I mean, I was successful, right? I had, I had martial arts schools. I, had, I was going on whatever... I mean, like, look, I didn't have a fucking private jet, right? I'm not Dana right, White. Right. But, but you know what I mean? Like, I could do basically whatever it is I wanted to do. But so uh, but that, that chip-on-the-shoulder thing... Broke me, it, you know that. That trying to prove how tough I was broke me.
0: Um, See, the the hard part for me, Elliot, is I've actually had a different experience. And Joe, you know this from behind the scenes. Yeah. When my dad died, I had such a chip on my shoulder. I was out to get the world, and honestly, it helped me do shit. Let me ask like you a question, first. How long have you guys been friends? Well, we we actually met Elliot in an elevator in two thousand and one. <laughs> so um, Twenty years, okay. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. We weren't, we weren't friends then. Listen. I made it, I was second in the world for IKF kickboxing.
2: Okay. And
0: Joe was good friends with a guy who knocked me the fuck out named Trent Tompkins. It and was Joe beautiful. And I, it was beautiful, Joe and I Elliot. cast each other in an elevator and like stink-eyed each other. <laughs> uh, we almost got a fight that had to be broken up. And then we didn't cross paths again until he came to one of my seminars in, fuck, 2015 or 16. Yeah, and yeah. Then, And then we became friends. Right. Gotcha. So kind of like, kind of like me and you, I wanted to kill you and then we became friends and then me Um, and Joe, I wanted to kill you and your friend at one point and then we became friends. Um, but, uh, no, for me, like when my dad died, I, uh, the chip on my shoulder helped me do a lot of stuff. I was never naturally athletic. I wasn't good at stuff, but that anger, I guess, or that, um, chip on my shoulder helped me do stuff. So the hard part for me is like, I don't like feeling like that sometimes, but Joe, you know, it helps me do shit.
2: Yeah, like Joe, yeah. you've
0: known me long enough. If you want to motivate me, tell me I can't do something. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, and I'll
0: I'll figure out a way to make it happen.
2: Yeah, well, and I mean, even your your whole every damn day has that that bit of an edge to it. You know, yep. like it's just part of what motivates you. You know, it's a, it taps into uh, a, a little bit of anger, which is a very motivating thing. You know,
0: well, and 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 then I got. But, but hold on,
1: but but we know, but we know that that's not correct. We know that that anger does not motivate the best. We know that love does. Um, Maybe,
0: maybe not. No, I mean, no, no. I,
1: we know this. This is, hey, Elliot, this Elliot, is scientifically if I, proven.
0: Yeah, except except if I, if I can be really honest right now, I don't think the whole love thing was working for you on December 1st, 2007. Yeah, yeah. I was not there. I was motivated <laughs> by anger. Okay, fair enough. Yeah.
2: Touche. Yeah. Very nicely no, done, Elliot. Of course.
1: Yeah, no, of course not. But yeah. where I am now. Like, you know, I'm saying, uh, what I, I, I don't know for me, I know a couple of things I you know, I'm sitting in my office that my wife made for me and I have two posters on the wall and, and one of them is darkness can't drive out darkness. Only light can do that because hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And we, we know how to make things better and it's never with, with separating ourselves or dividing ourselves or, or hating someone else because, because that, that you allow that person to change you. You know, when, when you when you approach that person with love, and when you approach every situation in, with a positive rather than a negative, you'll do much
0: better. Are we going to end this listen, podcast
2: listen. with uh, with Bobby crying? Is that? I don't- <laughs> yeah, I'll have, an, uh,
0: have an awakening joke. Um, you know? back back to that fight though. You beat my ass. Well, <laughs> I, I yes, have no so, concept of any of this. So my,
1: so my, my thing but was... But you still think Mark Kerr is the fucking best grappler, right? Like you're, the, you're living in 2007 still, man.
2: So I want to kind of give our listeners here sort of a, a perspective. So, I mean, for what I'm understanding is, is, Elliot, you're just showing up for another day at work. This is just this is uh-huh. what you do. And, and from Bobby's perspective, I mean, he had completely altered his entire life for the sole purpose of destroying you in front of everybody <laughs> you knew and loved.
1: Yeah, for sure, and it works. I'm not saying it didn't work, right? You know, it it, it definitely worked. He he won the fight. We're not. Um, we're, I'm not even going to even try to dispute that. I mean, I don't even know, I don't remember a single thing from the fight. Really?
0: Well, I can I can tell you because I remember Elliot. Yeah, I remember <laughs> nothing. So I remember uh, walking into
1: the cage. Yep. And that's it. I remember walking in the cage, looking for my wife. And nothing else. And not like, oh, you got knocked out. You don't remember? Like, in, like it's not that. It's uh, my mind was so shot that I, I couldn't nothing. I have nothing.
0: Yep. So I I, uh, I was drinking my beer at Ringside Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the promoters went and got me. You need to wrap your hands and get out now. Wrap my hands. Uh, I walked out to my entrance music, which I carefully chose. It was "You're the Best" by Joe Esposito from the Karate Kid because yeah. I purposely don't remember to- that. I purposely wanted to troll you, Elliot, so I didn't have my serious music. I'm like, I'm going to clown this guy. Um, Went into the ring, and I was convinced that I was going to destroy you in front of What round did the fight end? uh, The start of round two. Start of round two. So I was, I was convinced you got to understand. I thought I was getting brought into your house, your hometown. I was a stepping stone. Everyone there was laughing at me and I was there to shut everybody up. So I was going to beat you up in front of your parents, steal your girlfriend, smash <laughs> you, getting in a fight with your cornerman after the fight. Like I, it, it was on. So Dwayne, round-
1: would fu- Dwayne would have fucked you up, bro. <laughs> Me and Dwayne are friends. He would he, have he, you I up. think
0: I think Dwayne would have took my side. Uh uh-uh, uh, no way, no way.
1: You don't understand what it's like before Dwayne in a fight, man. Like normally, he's a scary. Like, so, human. Oh he's bro, a scary bro. Human. Holy shit! Because yeah, so um, I don't mean to interrupt you, but it's just too good since you said that. So the way my fight <laughs> career started was uh was a mall Easton, my now business partner, but my jujitsu teacher. Yep. He uh. He, I said I wanted to fight. He called Sven, Sven, and Dwayne. Obviously, very tight. So Dwayne started teaching us kickboxing. Yep. I'd never kickboxed, you know, before. I mean, I did karate, but that shit don't work. Uh, uh, I'd never kickboxed before, before this. And so, you know, a couple months in, a couple, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe a couple weeks in, Dwayne spars with us one time. Big gloves, no takedowns. Oh my fucking god! Like, and it wasn't like a round. Like the way we did it was twelve rounds, twelve. Fucking rounds, and I had to do eight, and Tyler had to do four because Tyler was a lighter weight, so there was someone else there for Tyler. And I just got murdered, man. I like for a year, probably. I just got murdered by Dwayne. I would drive to crack, like Tyler and I would drive to practice crying, like in the car next to each other, like afraid of what was going to happen. So before my first UFC fight, um, Dwayne. Where we are, he, something happened to his house. He was cornering me. Something happened to his house. He missed his his missed his flight. He was going to drive to Vegas, and I was like, "No, nah, man, I bought your ticket on Southwest. Just just pay the change fee." And he was like, "Oh, fuck yeah, okay." But he was like already in his car, like driving. So anyway, we're walking out. He grabs me and says, "Look at me, motherfucker." He goes, "I don't care what you do in there, but if you don't fight, if you don't fucking fight, I'm going to fuck you up right after." <laughs> wow. And I'm sitting there, and I'm just like. Oh God. <laughs> And I'm like bouncing in the cage and I'm staring at the dude across me going, oh, shit, man. And Bruce Buffer's <laughs> announcing my name and I'm like, fuck, Dwayne's going to fuck me up. All right, I better go do this. Dwayne's going to fuck me up. You know." And he, and like, but when Dwayne gets this dark look in his eye, it's, it's, you, there's, there's no coming back. Like He's gone. you know. And uh, yeah, so no, Dwayne would kill anybody. He's, the right he's
0: really like that too, Elliot. I believe oh, oh, I with know all my heart really and soul, like if you wouldn't have performed that, I, he would have fought you. Oh,
1: he would have beat me up. Oh, he would have beat me up. Oh, without a doubt, he would. Yeah, we would. Yeah, if I wouldn't, if I wouldn't have fucked that dude up, he would have beat me. He would have beat the fucking dog shit oh, out. Oh yeah,
0: of me. you know, you know him and Mark Hominick, I don't know if you know who Mark is, but they're very do, similar. They're two of the scariest men I've ever met in my life, and they both weigh under a buck fifty.
1: No, Dwayne, Dwayne one ninety man.
0: Oh, is he heavier now?
1: Yeah, and he's always no, he's not heavier now, but then he was one ninety.
0: Really, I thought he was lighter.
1: Now he fought at 155. He had these insane weight cuts, like you, every goddamn time. Fair you enough. Know he had 30 pound weight cut every fucking time. Um, Fair enough. But yeah, so, so.
0: So anyway, that fight, Joe. Yeah. Um, come out for the belt, pick Elliot up and slam him as hard as I can. Pick him up, slam him again, because I was terrified to be on the ground with you, Elliot. You just kept I slamming. Was, I was told pick him up, drag him to the middle of the ring with the, where the hard post is, slam his head off it, and then get up and do it again. So that's, that's what I did. I want to say in that first round, I slammed you seven or eight times.
1: Yeah, good for you.
0: Went <laughs> back to the corner, and I was exhausted because this shit was at altitude. I was from sea level, and I go, Shaw, what do I do? Shaw goes, slam him again. Fuck you, old man. I can't fucking keep slamming this guy. Like, How can this dude take this shit over and over and over again, went out, uh, slammed you again. It doesn't hurt, right? Nope. We know this. Yeah. We, uh, we, uh, we scrambled a little bit. I hit you with a knee, you dropped, and then I got on top and, um, Oh,
1: you hit me with a knee, huh?
0: Yeah. Oh, I, man, actually, I
1: thought I'd never taken a knee to the head in my career. Nope. Fuck
0: yeah. I, got it, I didn't even realize I did that. All I know is you were, you, you slumped like beside the side of the cage. And then I jumped on top and hammer fisted until the ref pulled me off. All right, I got. I've got I've, got. I've got. I've got yeah. some good video on it. I watch it a lot. Of it. <laughs> it sounds talk. like it, man. Now
1: I go watch it. I'm sounds like it. Yeah,
2: he's, he's drawing his kid out of bed in the middle of the night. Like, come watch the show. Come watch yo, the yo,
0: Come <laughs> here, Weeps. Weeps. Weeps, Come watch this shit, Elliot. I got to tell you a funny story. So, the other night, uh, Joe, we were watching uh, the UFC in my house, mm-hmm. and Elliot was there. And I'm like, hey, hey, buddy. That's talking to my, my 10-year-old, Beans. I go, hey, buddy, that's dad's buddy named Elliot. He goes, oh, who's Elliot? I'm like, well, you know, I, I, I beat him for the Ring of Fire World Championship. So Beans is a big fan of yours, Elliot. Oh, um, yeah. your, your, number, your number appeared on my phone the other day, and Beans is like, dad, your UFC buddy is calling you. He's really cool. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah sure. Beans. And then in perfect Beans form, he goes, hey, dad does he know his championship belt is under my bed right now? And he started, <laughs> cause I gave, I gave that belt to beans and beans started laughing. Like it was such a shot at you that he has your belt. Oh, that's funny. I, I was dying.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, I want to, I want to kind of start wrapping us up here. So Elliot, the, the next thing yeah, that I want to know, I got
1: know. chili on the stove. I got to get mixed <laughs> ready. That's the perfect.
2: next thing I want to know is like after the fight, where'd you go? What'd you do? What happened?
1: I had a tough time getting fights. Um, yeah, uh, the next fight I had was on the Ultimate Fighter. You know, I started working on some mental, like psych- some uh, sports psychology with Brian Kane, <laughs> and uh, the best, the best. Um, and I wanted then- to see
0: what I was on, Elliot. I could have just helped you. I could have stepped <laughs> in and taught you the secrets of A. Yeah,
1: but that you know, none of that all you know, like. And then I went on. I had a, I had a decent career. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I had six fights in the UFC. Uh, retired. Well, I, I have a great life. Um, but. My life for sure took a drastic change a couple of years ago, you know, when I talk about, you know, the the breakdown.
2: Right, right.
1: I, I only call it a spiritual awakening because uh, you know, it's not the the other side is is welcoming.
2: Yeah, yeah. And and Bobby, what about you? What happened after that night?
0: Ah, uh, man, I spent the next 3 weeks um in pretty much a self-induced coma from eating so much chicken McNuggets, like I was off the fight. Bro, wagon. Let's talk about this. How
1: can you be? How the fuck can you be Bobby Maximus and driving into McDonald's? You—that's not even meat. Like, like, again, come again. on. Man. Like, you're hard, its hard to take advice from you, like, on on my sp- on my nutrition and all the on my on my uh, excuse me physical performance. When every other video is you eating chicken McNuggets or like a double double, a double Royale with cheese.
0: Again, again, I blame that on you. I cut so hard for that fight. I was broken after. So I lived. Where do you live? You
1: live in Utah now, right? Yes. Man, like I go to my therapist once a week. I'll find
0: you one. (laughs) Okay. Fair fair enough. (laughs) The three weeks after that fight – I probably ballooned up to close to 250 pounds because I was eating between 40 and 80 chicken McNuggets a day for the three weeks after Doesn't that.
1: does like, taste good, man. <laughs> they, they <laughs> I, taste don't think, good.
0: I don't think he was tasting it, Elliot. He was
2: just <laughs> inhaling that shit. But
0: what about now? Like You still eat that dog shit food. <laughs> I'm like a child, Elliot. I can't help it. I'm like a kid. Joe, you know this. Oh yeah, this
2: is true. This is
0: true. Like, like, like in some ways I can be wise and smart and mature and a good leader, but when it comes to myself, Joe... I am the equivalent of a seven year old. In fact, my wife will tell you she's got. Fruit. You let your kids eat that <laughs> shit? Oh, fuck yeah. Me and Weebs and, and, and Beans go to McDonald's all the time, we have McDonald's <laughs> parties. It's bad for you,
1: man. It's bad for people. You know this. Like, our parents, it's not our parents' fault that they let us go to McDonald's. They didn't know anything. We know better.
0: Just makes me happy.
2: Yeah, Elliot, they have the playground. What about your kids? Can't you see Bobby playing on the playground? That's what it's about. this. This is not what you do.
0: Man, Lisa, it's funny. Lisa leaves to go on these powerlifting training tips, and she comes back, and it's like... Pizza boxes everywhere, empty (laughs) McDonald's wrappers, and like weebs and beans haven't slept in a week because they've been playing video games all night. You know, there was mad, does she get mad at you for feeding them McDonald's. No, she's cool with it now. But there was there was a point, Elliot, and I'm not even joking about this, Joe. I don't know if you remember me and beans the 10 year old, we used to sleep. We moved our bed because we used to sleep together. We moved our bed to the living room and put our mattress on the floor like a couple of crack addicts so we could play <laughs> video games all night. And there was times that my five year old at the time beans would wake me up and he goes, Dad, we really need to go to bed. Like we need to like, <laughs> get a handle on this. There's, he's there's he's the mature thing. one. <laughs> so your five year old putting down the bedtime. Yeah. So so there was there was another one. So when Lisa moved in, and I hope oh, she really listens. you need. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I hope she listens to this we podcast. We need some help. <laughs> he goes. My five year old goes, Dad. So this girl's moving in, huh? I go, Yeah, buddy. He goes, You know what that means. No more bad words, no more sleeping on the mattress in the living room and no more. He called them biggers, no more biggers in the night because there were times I'd wake up at three in the morning and be hungry and I didn't know what to do with them. So I'd wake him up and put him in the car and take him to McDonald's. He knew, he knew it was bad. So that was that was when Lisa moved in. No more biggers in the night. No more sleeping in the, the living party room. It's over. <laughs> bad words.
2: All right, so last question I've got for you guys, and this is for both of you together. How did you cross paths again? How did you reconnect? And what was that like for you?
1: Uh, it just recently happened. I was, uh, com- I'm, I was, I, I'm competing again. Okay. And I had a competition, uh, and I had, I had just traveled to Argentina and back, which is within like four days. It's, you know, that's a that's a long travel with not a lot. You know, and, right, right. Um, I just, you know, I didn't train like I had wanted to. Or, you know, I don't even really care um, about – like I I try not to put my training – I train for fun. I compete for fun now, and then I seem to do much better, just like how Bobby was talking about, like, you know, drinking a beer and yada, yada, just watching. So um, I I do have myself in that mindset, but I was like, I mean, I I should probably train a little bit here. So when I got back from Argentina, I mean, I just crushed it for two days, and then I was wrecked, Mm. wrecked, wrecked. Like uh, not like – sore like uh if i walked up the steps my heart would like i couldn't i was in the mud like right overtrained in the mud and i see you know and uh, i know i'm on instagram who's not on the fucking gram so i see bobby always talking about like recovery recovery so i was like well let's fucking swallow your pride here because you are not going to be okay so i hit him up and you know, I, I think you probably know this, Joe. How many times does he call you a day? Because he calls me like five.
2: Yeah, like six, seven times, yeah, easy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So then, you know, after that, I got six phone calls the next day, and here we are doing a podcast together.
0: So, so in addition to my anger, Joe, I'm also obsessive compulsive. Yes, to make that clear. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Clearly. Yes. Uh huh. And <laughs> and for that stuff, Elliot, I am all in on stuff like that. Like, yeah, I yeah, want- it was
1: great advice. Let me let me say, it was phenomenal advice. He told me exactly what to do. He's like, you're going to be better in three to four days, and I was better in three.
0: Uh, yeah. We, and we got you on a weight program now.
1: Now I'm on. A, now now I'm doing some weights with him. We argue about this every day. I think he is. Uh, a little confused like we just have a difference he calls training lifting and i call training jujitsu and he calls jujitsu like playing around and that's what weights is for me <laughs> You know, <right, laughs> right. so like we just have a different like and we like i like i like doing both of them you know like yeah. i i enjoy them but i i have to keep my tr- all of my training very fun like i tap every day when i train like sure. i just um i'm always playing having fun and and it's it's how i seem to do better and like if uh if I can't touch my legs afterwards because I did some dumb fucking workout with like 120 deadlifts or some shit, mm-hmm. uh, and then followed by lunges and squats, and I'm going to be very upset.
0: Elliot, <laughs> I have <laughs> beginners doing this workout. Like my, oh, he he keeps keep up, this. Five, you keep saying this. You keep saying this. You have beginners doing workout, bro.
1: Come on, man. I am not a fucking beginner. I've been working out the whole time. You don't have them doing this. You have. There's no fucking way that. Hey. Joe, the blender botter people, like <laughs> the soccer moms, like, look, it's great. They need to exercise, but they're not better athletes than me. They're not in better Joe, shape than me. It's Joe, you're impossible.
0: impartial. I need to ask your opinion it's on something. It's yes, yes, but... just fucking at me. <laughs> no. Okay. Joe, I gave him a, a goblet squat reverse lunge ladder. Mm-hmm. After a hundred and twenty deadlifts at a $1. buck thirty-five, hundred
1: and twenty deadlifts.
2: <laughs> so where? So that was a warm-up. Where's
0: the workout?
1: Yeah. The yeah. Warm up. yeah.
2: <laughs> so, so Joe.
0: So Joe. He Cross, had to do a ten-to-one ladder of goblet squats and reverse lunges. And I thought I was being nice to him, yeah. so I gave him the girl's standard of thirty-six pounds, sixteen k. Sure. You, you gave me the fifty-three pounds, and I told you no. <laughs> I, he was so he, he he calls me after. He goes, I had to drop the weight, and he had to do it without weight. It was I, so yeah. crushing. Right, well, I, I
2: will tell you two things. One, yes, the people at Blender Bottle could totally do that. Yes. Uh, but also, I would put the people at Blender Bottle up against almost any other organization as far as how hard they work out. They've had gym. eight months of my craziness. Exactly.
1: Well, yeah, but please don't say beginners. I'm not <laughs> a beginner. <laughs>
0: Listen, man, I, I live my life. Yo, for let's wrap this shit up. i got to go check that shit. One more thing, though, Elliot, because this is important. Go. I'm also the type of guy that I probably want you to win ADCC trials. It's this huge grappling tournament for people that don't know more than you want to win. Yeah, because I can't want to win. Like I'm I'm obsessed with this stuff. And Joe, you know this too. I mean, Joe, yeah. I'm always calling you. What did you eat today? What did you do for uh-huh. a workout? And sure you went hard enough. Did you sleep enough? Like I really want things for people in my orbit.
1: So mm-hmm. and I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I I appreciate that. I'm the same. Um, but for me personally, I know how I do best is when I am just having fun.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Fair
1: enough. You know, so like I uh if when I when I start like uh I'm current like I think you saw you saw it probably like a couple of weeks ago Flow grappling put out their beginning of the year rankings and I'm ranked 8th in the fucking world. I wasn't I, like it. I wasn't even trying. Mm-hmm. Like like Seth Seth Daniels the promoter of uh, Fight to Win, he sent me a screenshot. I'm like what is this man? Did you like screen you like photoshop my name on there? You know? And <laughs> like, cuz I'm not even like paying attention to it. And but I'm you know and I'm beating world champions now. i beat a couple of world champs. Um, so yeah, but but only because my mindset's right. Only right, because I right. understand. Only because I understand what it is, and I figured it out. Great. Yeah. I'm
0: I'm 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 glad I saw that list, and I and I started writing programs so that we could systematically take apart the seven people in front of you. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, let me tell you, Gordon you fucked me up last Wednesday.
0: Well, that's not going to happen when you can deadlift 635, Elliot.
1: That's right. Let's
0: go. Let's go. Yeah, it's all about the deadlift, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. I got to roll. All
2: right. Hey, Elliot, thank you so much for sharing with us today. I appreciate it. Peace.
0: All right, so Joe, I think that was an incredible podcast with our good friend, Elliot Marshall. Uh, Elliot, thank you so much for coming on with us. Um, As always, we would love to thank our sponsors. Uh, First of all, Lalo Tactical. You can find them at www.lalo.com. Use the code MAXIMUS20. For the very best in footwear, Uh, better yet, buy yourself a pair of Maximus shoes. Uh, You also like to thank our sponsor, Meat Locker. www.meatlocker.com. Use the code Maximus for fifteen percent off. The best steak bacon chicken pork that you will find anywhere uh you can also go to bobbymaximus.com buy a t-shirt buy some green dots help get your mental game on point um you can support us and support yourself by uh supporting these companies because these podcasts aren't free and uh, we need every bit of help that we can get to keep this thing going so thank you guys very much for listening and uh, we'll see you next week